Michiganders can be a superstitious bunch. We find all sorts of reasons to explain the world around us, sometimes pulling from science, sometimes tradition, and sometimes from our imaginations. What happens when we can't readily explain our experiences? And what happens when a ghost story gets out of hand? Do these legends stem entirely from fantasy? Or are people seeing things no one can truly explain? I'm Krista K. Coburn. And I'm Kay Gray. Welcome to Haunted Mitten. is going to be a little different from the norm usually we have a loose script and have some discussion here and there while we tell you about a location haunted by a ghost or entity of some kind today is going to be a lot more discussion as our topic has both a lot of information and very little at the same time i'm talking of course about everyone's favorite wolf-headed stalker the michigan dog man let me start off by saying that the internet has quite a bit to say about the dog man as long as you don't mind at all saying the exact same thing. So we're going to piece together as much of a history for the creature as we can. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. (laughs) I feel like we're pulling, we're pulling from a lot of different mythologies and cultures and that apparently other people have not done before. Right. I guess we are for some reason, the first people to think of the French and the native Americans, but okay. Yeah. Never mind that Michigan was French for a, quite a while yeah you know like you do that's <laughs> fine <laughs> uh but where our story i suppose really begins is april 1st 1987 just a couple months before i was born with the traverse city radio dj steve cook who wrote a song called the legend under the name bob farley that's according to him he thought he was just making up so we're not going to play the song uh, on the podcast because we don't have that kind of money but if you support our patreon maybe one day we will we can probably find a link to it <laughs> in, the, in the description yes. there's definitely it's definitely on youtube um however i'm gonna read uh probably not the whole song it's not terribly long but it's longer than i think any of you guys want to actually listen to uh so steve cook wrote the legend released it on April 1st, 18, uh, 1987 in Traverse City, uh, fully expecting this to just be some kind of April Fool's joke. He just wrote a song about this creature and about these people who encountered it and about like the legend that is this creature that multiple saw, multiple people saw over the decades and was incredibly surprised when he got started getting a bunch of phone calls of people with their own sightings. Uh, So this is part of the legend, lyrics and story by Steve Cook. A cool summer morning in early June is when the legend began at a nameless logging camp in Wexford County where the Manistee River ran. Eleven lumberjacks near the Garland Swamp found an animal they thought was a dog. In a playful mood, they chased it around till it ran inside a hollow log. A logger named Johnson grabbed him a stick and poked around inside. Then the thing let out an unearthly scream and came out and stood upright. None of those men ever said very much about whatever happened then. They just packed up their belongings and left that night, were never heard from again. 
It was 10 years later in 97 when a farmer near Buckley was found. Slumped over his plow, his heart had stopped. There were dog tracks all around. Yeah, I will say this is a, a popular song um, to play around Halloween. Oh, for sure. Even though it was a, it was an April Fool's joke thing. Um, yeah, I, I found it, I find it often on local Halloween playlists. Because this is so much a Halloween song. Why was the April Fool's joke that year? That is kind of funny because yeah, it's it's become a Halloween thing mm. since then. Um, like I understand April Fool's obviously jokes, but yeah, it's it's like it's about a monster and a monster's legend. So yeah, that's mm. very Halloween. Yeah. And Halloween also has pranks associated with it too. Oh, so. for sure. Um, maybe he just maybe he got the idea on Halloween. And was like, I don't want to wait another year. I'm going to. I'm not waiting that long. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, he ended up getting phone call after phone call of people calling in with their own encounters of, oh, oh my God, you're singing about the dog man. I've seen the dog man. It happened. Blah, blah, blah. You know, like, oh, I, you know, the dog man ran in front of our car back in like 78 or something. Mm-hmm. So does he ever mention dog man in the song or is it just a dog creature? no it's it's just a dog creature okay so dog man was already a thing that like got associated with this song well or did it yes and no (laughs) okay (laughs) so um that's gonna be my answer to a lot of questions that you're gonna have today okay (laughs) (laughs) um and this is why i couldn't really write a script about it because yes but no but yes but no as far as Steve Cook and like the public world at large knew, April 1st, 1987 is the first mention ever of there ever being some kind of wolfman, werewolf, dogman in Michigan. Okay. However, there I, I have lots and lots of tabs up of personal stories that say a complete different thing. Let's start with the quote unquote earliest known dogman sighting in 1887 this like a hundred years prior to the song yes okay however the first sighting of i lost my page again where are you i have too many tabs open i have so many tabs guys yeah i do that too greg has (laughs) been using my computer because his is dead for all intents and purposes and he's just like how do you have so many tabs open (laughs) i'm done recording all of them will get shut but like I need them. Yeah, we're not the only ones. Don't worry. Greg nope. is the weird one for not having a lot of tabs. Yeah. T- tabs are life. What did we ever do before tabs? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I just had a bunch of windows open. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then you just crowded the toolbar instead of like the browser. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So the 1887, the first known dogman encounter uh, was supposedly documented in Wexford County, Michigan. Already sound familiar? Two lumberjacks were out in the woods when they spotted a creature they described as having the body of a man and the head of a dog, Mm -hmm. which sounds exactly like the opening lines of the Steve Cook song released in 1987. Yes, it does. And when trying to find anything else about this Wexford County sighting in uh, 1887, they're all the same. I don't know if there is an origin to it. I suspect the origin is the song. (laughs) That's interesting. There's one website that refers to another website that refers to another website that refers to the first website. Like they're all just going in a circle of (laughs) of the story. And I'm like, 
no wait <laughs> yeah <laughs> i ran into that is? with a lot of the shipwreck stories too like everything yeah. is referring back to this one book <laughs> to the one book or to each other and you're like who but who said it first right but a lot of websites unfortunately start with well we've had documented sightings since 1887 and i'm like then i would like to see those documents yeah <laughs> and no one has been able to refer to them or anything other than other websites that are like like i have a website from uh ranker that's like 12 12 darkly fascinating stories of the michigan dog man yeah we don't we don't have a lot of luck when we request documents that people claim to have they never get back to us yeah they tend to <laughs> not email me back sorry for my chair we're going to be squeaking a lot as you can tell we're still recording from home so 1887 is apparently the first sighting of the, the Michigan dog man. And it's also supposed, and it also supposedly is seen in a 10 year cycle Oh, and show up on years uh, ending in seven. Interesting. So 1887, 1897, all the way, you know, up yep. through 1987 and so on, which from that ranker article if this story is true is also kind of crap uh because the first sighting that's listed on the ranker the michigan document has extraordinary leaping abilities was in the fall of 1986 but it was near manistee oh okay. yeah a guy named rain Gre ray greenway was driving home from the manistee army recruiting station and the creature uh as it apparently really loves to do jumped out in front of his car and crossed the two-lane road giving him you know just kind of a glimpse of of what it was but definitely uh had bright yellow eyes and cleared that two-lane road in one leap oh wow yeah okay there's another there are so many there's one in the late in fall of 2001 there's a 2006 uh there was apparently a sighting that happened in 1938 17 year old robert fortney uh was in paris michigan which i don't know where that is but that's okay uh no i i assume up up there somewhere um, interesting that it's got a french name <laughs> really uh <laughs> oh i i'm an idiot standing near the muskegon river in paris michigan so that helps mm -hmm. he was confronted by a black by a massive black dog he swear he swore the beast went up on its hind legs and stared him down but this time with blue eyes not yellow uh he fired his gun at the creature and it left so i don't know like i i already in in doing this it's like i started doing the research and it immediately just kind of circled back in on itself but there are so many personal stories from people not just the people that called steve cook on april 1st 1987 but everybody from these websites there's um one of our favorite websites michigan's other side of course did um, a short story on this and listed reader encounter after reader encounter there's at least seven or eight um on their entry itself and then another five or six in the comment section wow yeah and this is honestly at the like this is where i was left just completely in the middle between steve cook made this all up and it got out of hand and people are seeing spooky giant dogs in the woods and have been for hundreds of years and yet nobody's been talking about it out loud yeah and it's interesting because there is 
they're like centuries of history of like dog man hybrids anthropomorphic dog creatures you know wolf man dating back centuries right especially in french culture which michigan is is steeped in french culture people nowadays don't really think about that but we really were like english didn't become the dominant language in detroit until like the mid 19th century and a lot of it i think was it was as a result of the civil war because people were like flooding north and stuff oh right like french was still a commonly spoken language in detroit not that long ago no really not that long ago (laughs) so we are very much steeped in in french superstition and so forth yeah and legends which makes me think about how weird it is that none of my sources have referenced any of that they've referenced the beast of bray road from wisconsin which we'll talk about a little later on but none of them have brought up like uh the beast of javadan none of them have brought up um i totally forgot his name but his first name was peter he was a werewolf in like the 1700s or something oh yeah 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 him <laughs> i can't remember his last name yep. for the life uh, of me no, but him. yeah nobody has brought up the really long french tradition of wolfman myths and i find that really weird yeah because it, everything I found, they, they associate it with French-American cultures, like Cajun, um, French-Canadian, all yeah. that kind of stuff. And it's like, everyone just conveniently forgets that Michigan was part of those regions at one time. <laughs> <laughs> we were French for longer than we were British. Yeah. <laughs> and the the whole, like, the Lugaroo, they're like, oh, it's an American, it's a French-American slash Canadian culture. It's like, well, yes, we are part of that. Nobody talks about the Lugaroo up here because we don't speak French anymore. Right. And on that note, like none of the other, none of the websites brought up um, native oral tradition either. Yeah. Which is also interesting because that is also part of Michigan culture. Right. (laughs) In our history. Yeah. Look at like half of the place names. (laughs) Half are French and half are native in some way. Pretty much. Um, I, I will admit that I did not go super in depth into all the different um, tribes that have lived and still live and make their home in Michigan into like all of their oral stories and all of their myths and legends passed down because that's pretty much a PhD in itself. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. A lot of tribes have been through here. Um, yeah, I did find one Ojibwe story about Winnebojo and the wolves, which anthropomorph or yeah i guess anthropomorph anthropomorphizes i have words a pack of wolves that's winnebojo who's a seems to be a fairly large name in ojibwe uh myth visited and stayed with for a while so i wouldn't necessarily i definitely would not call them uh werewolves because these are just wolves but they wore clothes they spoke winnebojo's language and I really hope I'm pronouncing that correctly as well, uh, and had magic. Okay. Uh, essentially, they kept, they helped keep Wenabojo alive in this story while he was traveling and helped him defeat uh, the evil Menadog, which are spirits. So one myth <laughs> has uh, human-like wolves, but they seem pretty chill, and their magic is really cool. They turned a sock into a deer tenderloin (laughs) yum and a moccasin into something else into another kind of food so that but that's the only thing i found that could have that could possibly be anywhere near to a wolf man but it seems like it's not connected at all because the wolf man 
or the dog man usually is not is, helpful <laughs> yeah is not a helpful creature in fact it's people usually describe it as wanting to attack and eat them <laughs> yeah which would be closer to like the werewolf or the lugaru it is interesting though because apparently because the lugaru is so old like centuries 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 old that there's there's like a million different myths associated with it and traditions associated with it mm-hmm. and one of them is that it's a witch who uses their magic to transform into a wolf and do other things so i find that interesting that there's that you know we have wolves here who can use magic and then also in the french tradition there are like witches who are people who can use magic taking the form of a wolf or taking the form of a wolf human hybrid and some people have also compared the dogman and you saying witch that uses magic to transform into a wolf reminded me of this um some people have compared the dogman to skinwalkers interesting i'm really happy i said that out loud with my windows shut if there is one thing in the entire world that i'm legitimately afraid of it's those (laughs) but those are not northern nations uh, mythology that's a lot more southwest and i believe very strictly like navajo ute possibly apache please listeners correct me on all of the information that i have forgotten from college (laughs) that's what i've read that yeah that it's um, yeah. it's very much associated with navajo and yeah people often are like oh it's native american blah blah, blah. but i'm like that's like saying oh it's a european legend right like, like well where from where like, the luguru isn't german it's french right although my favorite thing i learned today <laughs> <laughs> i'm such a language rabbit nerd. holes oh I, I love it so the guru part of luger luger literally means wolf wolf man which okay <laughs> or wolf man wolf Wolf man wolf, I guess. Wolf uh, man wolf. Love it. But guru of Luguru is a cognate of werewolf, which these two words sound and look nothing alike. So no. I was like, how, how? Because um, French? Well, yeah, because Romans. So way back <laughs> when the Franks conquered France, the Franks were Germanic peoples and they could say a W sound. So like William is a really easy example. Mm-hmm. The French name version of William is Guillaume. Well, the Franks were over there spouting their Germanic W's all over the place and the native Romano-Celtic people couldn't make a W sound. The closest they could do is gua. So it was everything that was wa, they pronounced gua. So werewolf uh. became guarwolf, became guarul, became garul, became garu. And that is how werewolf turned into garu. Huh, okay. And then I guess everyone forgot what the hell guru meant and they added Lou on the front of it. So it became, <laughs> so it became the wolf man wolf. <laughs> and if you want to, if you're fascinated by language like I am and you want to learn all about how the G and the GW thing came about, um, you can listen to the History of English Language podcast, episode 99. And he talks about some other examples Excellent. between like William and Guillaume, ward and guard. Okay. U A R D. Yeah. So it was once pronounced guard, most likely. Those are some pretty obvious. A lot of the words actually that we have that start with G-U, that's likely where it came from. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. And some, we have the equivalent, um, like ward and guard. We have both words. Guardian, warden, they were once the same word. One was just more Francified than the other. Okay. <laughs> um, but there are others that pre- existed and don't anymore. Like wardrobe, we have guard robe, we no longer have. But that's your fun little language nerdiness that I Amazing. have. And Amazing. one of my favorite podcasts is History of the English Language. And yeah, in episode 99, he gets into the whole WG thing. 
Okay. Impress your friends. Tell them werewolf and Lugaru are cognates. <laughs> <laughs> and then explain to them what cognates are. Yes. <laughs> uh, so that is actually just, that is all of the history. That's it. That's all there is. Wow. Yep. Like we were saying, Lugurus have like probably a thousand year history. <laughs> yeah. We have such a long history. We have no idea where it started. Yeah. For some reason, they haven't connected this with the dog man. This is very strange to me. It is. Because there are sightings of Lugurus throughout the formerly French speaking parts of America. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do match up with a lot of the stories we have of the dog man. Yeah. This is a good time to bring up the Beast of Bray Road, which is essentially Wisconsin's dog man. Wisconsin has its own, where I think they're more likely to call it a werewolf, who most recently has been seen in the Racine, Walworth, and Jefferson counties. It's also known as the man wolf, bear wolf, and indigenous dog man. So I guess take that, Michigan. Uh, it's said to be six feet tall with gray and brown fur. Its face resembles that of a wolf with shiny yellow eyes and pointed ears. Its body is furry but muscular, more like a man than a wolf. Um, the creature runs on four legs but walks on two often sits on its haunches or kneels like a man and yeah <laughs> uh that all that description was from legendsofamerica.com slash beast of bray road and you'll actually hear about the beast of bray road a lot more often than you will the michigan dog man yeah i've seen a lot of tv shows we'll talk about it um and the dog man i don't hear about very often no some people think it could be another kind of bigfoot some people think it's a werewolf some people think it's a wendigo which is also Ooh. terrifying yeah <laughs> um and then the more down to earth inclined to think that it's probably just a misidentified wolf or bear something you might not see often right in wisconsin or definitely the bear thing for the lower half of michigan yeah we i mean we have bears but they're mostly in the up yeah kind of same with wolves there's been a big thing uh, last few years that they've been trying to reintroduce wolves to Isle Royale. Yeah. Um, but that's like way out in the lake. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for that. Except for our wolf. Our wolf. Remember our encounter or our lack of encounter. Oh, with yeah. Wolf? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that we, was unusual. I mean, that was not a normal thing. For a wolf to show up in a county park in the middle of Washtenaw County? No, I think not. No. Um. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was very close to a city for one. And also just where we are. Yeah. That was also unusual. We could have seen one, though. That would have been so cool. I mean, that that jogger who warned us, she saw it. Oh, yeah. But we we heard it howl. and we did. Because I thought, wolf? No way. But, I mean, coyotes are common enough yeah. that I would not expect someone who's from Michigan, really, um, to confuse a coyote for a wolf. They're very common. You see them on the roadside a lot. Yeah. If you live anywhere remotely rural, there are coyotes all over the place. So yeah, I would, would not expect someone to easily confuse a coyote with a wolf in Michigan. And then once we heard it howl, like coyotes don't howl. Wolves have a very distinct howl. Yes. That was a wolf. That was very much a wolf. That was a vi- oh. that was very much a wolf for like the biggest Malamute on the planet. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so like we have wolves. We know what wolves look like, certainly in pictures. Yeah. And I would think if I saw one up close, I would be like, yep, that's a wolf. I've seen them choose. Like, I know what a wolf sound- looks like. And it probably wouldn't stand up on two legs. <laughs> no. <laughs> and they're usually kind of kind of thin, kind of svelte wolves are. At least right. 
So for, yes, for one to be like big and shaggy and stand up on its legs, that's more of like what a bear would do. But we also know what bears look like, (laughs) unless it's some kind of malformed bear. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you could get a a bear to look like a wolf. Send me pictures. If anyone has pictures, send me pictures. (laughs) Right. Well, actually, a very nice segue. A lot of people up until this point, if you're listening, might have already thought of the Gable film. It is one of the, it is, well, how do I put this? It's the most famous video evidence of a dog man and also one of the most famous hoaxes. Mm -hmm. So the loose story is that a film from the 60s or 70s, silent, so like, I don't know what that would be, 18 millimeter? something like that but it was like a, an amateur home camera wasn't yes, it yes yeah. one that anyone could have yeah just 1970s just home camera silent film pretty grainy you know what you imagine 1970s home movies to look like it looks like that yep came out in 2007 it, if you haven't seen it we'll link that it's on youtube for sure uh we'll link that in our show notes as well uh, the short version is it's kind of clips of just home movies, dad fixing a car, dad and son, you know, going camping. There's a short shot of a really cute dog. And I think there's a shot of the camper and it just looks like old home movies. And then it takes a really weird Blair Witch turn from the car. Uh, it's the son that we think that that is supposed to be filming because you can see him film himself in the rear view mirror of the truck. So from the truck, as they're driving down the road, uh, they catch something that's up on the hill and it's moving. So they stopped a truck. It cuts and it looks like walking. So presumably they got out of the truck, kept filming, walked up to it. And it is weird. It just looks like this weird thing on four legs and it catches sight of the guys or the guy in the camera and chases after them in this really weird kind of galloping run on four legs film cuts out film is uh film comes back camera is dropped in the ground on its side all you see is a pair of jaws and the film ends yeah it's a really cool film it's cool and the first time i ever saw it which probably was in 2007 that scared the crap out of me (laughs) yeah because when it first appeared nobody really knew what was going on what was it and for a while it was taken as the greatest evidence we have of the michigan dog man or something weird out in the woods because damn that's really good you know it's it's really old footage harder to fake for sure don't have a lot of that stuff left uh unfortunately it was actually created with the help of steve cook whom you might remember from such songs as the legend from earlier in this podcast <laughs> uh with the help of uh mike agrusa who is the one who actually um is credited to making the film itself they did a good job they did, they did good job. an amazing job it, what because there are some that you know people are like oh look at this amazing film it's proof and i'm like that is clearly fake yeah <laughs> or a photo like yeah. that was clearly shopped <laughs> i'm not even very knowledgeable of how to do these things yeah and I can still look at it and go, are you serious? They did an amazing job. And and kind of both fortunately and unfortunately, it's become a lot easier to detect when something is fake. You can stabilize, you can, you know, digitize, you can do all of these things that you can't enhance. <laughs> you can do all of these things that yeah. uh, make it a lot easier to analyze a film. 
And once someone did, once someone stabilized it and slowed it down and kind of, you know, lightened it and did all of this stuff, you can really tell that it's just a guy in a ghillie suit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that yeah. sucks. But when you've got shaky cam. Right. When you've got really grainy old old film, you've got, yeah, shaky cam, you've got weird lighting, you know, who knows? Because you can't really tell what it is. It's just a thing, a creature. Yeah comes running at them and yeah and then the camera yeah, yeah camera drops yeah. and then my first thought was but what happened to the dog no <laughs> that was my first thought it was like wait you guys had a dog see when a lot of these films like appear i'm always like how did you get this because it usually ends with yeah jaws coming at the camera oh they got the cameraman or they got the camera well how did you get the film <laughs> were you just walking around you know 30 years later oh look I found this camera yeah, lying on the ground. Camera from the 1970s in snowy Michigan on the ground with perfectly intact film. And of course, when, you know, it's a hoax and things like that, you don't, you don't want to reveal, like you don't want to make up things, answers for that because you want that to be part of the appeal. Yeah, you ruin the mystique. I do find it interesting that this guy invented this song in 87, probably thought it was just going to be a funny gag and then be forgotten. He he jumped back into it. <laughs> he did. Like 20 years later, he's like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna do another one. Great. <laughs> Other people jumped in on it too. I, I didn't mention this earlier, but in February 1992, Grand Rapids DJ Ron Bailey staged a whole hunt for the werewolf for his listeners with the help of the Grand Rapids radio players. I didn't know that group existed and that's amazing no that's fantastic <laughs> however th- so they broadcast it you know and this is with radio players so they know how to really up the drama oh yeah it ended up being a small version of the 1937 broadcast war of the worlds and that people were calling the radio station thinking everything they heard was real oh that's oh that's so good I love it I love right? these stories yeah no I kind of love that <laughs> At the same time, I'm wondering, well, what was it just kind of in the back of their heads from the 1987 thing that they got it that like werewolves or dogmen or whatever could be real? Like, I want to know what happened in between then and how many people came out with like their own encounters to see what would make people freak out like this. But then again, War of the Worlds was about beings from Mars and people. Well, Martians and aliens were very much in people's minds at the time, though. True. That is true. There are histories written on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, uh, some of which I've written myself. So I'll get there. I'll, I yeah. forgot. Like, I don't have it in my head at the moment, but they're back there. I'll get them. Yeah, that is. Trevor Seed and Grand Rappers aren't that far apart. Um, it's still at least one hour to two hours drive, but yeah. it's a few hours to, depending on where you're going. But I would consider that region very, very similar in culture, similar in, in mythology. Yeah. So yeah, did did the Grand Rapids DJ go, oh, heard the song and went, oh man, yeah, we, we should do something like that. Or was, <laughs> did it come out, not exactly independently, but kind of? I think it was influenced by Steve Cook. It's just funny that that ended up being a war of the world situation. Yeah. Like uh, <laughs> people believed it. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, it being in April, it's not around Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, people might be uh, caught off guard so to speak whereas in in october you're expecting these spooky things to be happening that's a good point um but in april like no who's who's thinking about it? it's literally six months away <laughs> right I, I know i like i would certainly be caught off guard if you're like you know we're having a werewolf hunt and like stuff went down and it's february 
Yeah. Like, what? What? Why aren't we doing this for Halloween, folks? Then we all know it's just fun and games and also, man, February. We're gonna. We're really. We're going on a hunt in the woods in February. Okay, have fun. Yeah, that's, that's cold, cold, especially out there. <laughs> it's really cold, but okay. I mean, even April is still not great. Right. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that region, that Traverse City, north of Grand Rapids. It's it's a rich region for folklore. There aren't there aren't any large cities up there. Um, Grand Rapids is it, <laughs> but even they're a little they're kind of religious, and I I typically find religious people to be a little more superstitious, a little more suspicious of the world mm-hmm. because the devil is real, the devil is out there. Yeah, that's interesting. But it, the Dogman being, or at least with the Lugaru being very French, that's not a super French area. It's very Dutch. Maybe they have some. Some werewolfiness too. And all of Michigan does have a rich French history, but most recently I would say the Dutch. Yeah, and you know what? I didn't even think to look into like Dutch mythology or anything like that. Dutch werewolves, do it now. <laughs> um, I mean, we I know. I have a mechanical keyboard, I can't. I we do noise. know that they, Dutch, also German speaking, Germanic peoples, yeah. um, not common, not modern day German speaking, but ancient German speaking. They clearly have a werewolf tradition because the franks had a word for it old english had a word for it so old dutch is also going to have a word for it they're going to have that concept but eh, how that translates to modern day i don't know well um, i found wiedervolven oh that's a great word that is clearly werewolf uh a human being with the ability to transform into a wolf the werewolf is different is a different word for man wolf so to speak Ah, the Noxmary is believed to be the female counterpart counterpart of a werewolf. <laughs> oh, so they've gone so far as to invent a female version, right? Uh, these werewolves are witches. Yep, like I was saying earlier, magic, magic wolves, magic people who turn into wolves. Oh, very interesting. In olden days, the word werewolf was a synonym for male witch or shapeshifter. Both men and women changed themselves into animals, but only men showed themselves in wolf or dog form. Oh. oh. And we know Michigan has witches. <laughs> uh, oh. A human wolf sometimes gave away their secret identity through appearance, a bristly unibrow, and guess what? Hair growth on their palms. Doesn't that just mean you're masturbating too much? Or you're a vampire. Oh, yeah, that's right. Or Which I don't want to get into the vampire parallels <laughs> we'll let rose sinister do that she, yes. she has done that <laughs> right yeah she um, will we will unless some unless some like crazy vampire cult uh has popped up in michigan history history we will we will leave the vampires up to the expert yep <laughs> but the dutch do indeed have a werewolf myth see there you go yeah this article i found on uh, mythologian.net for the lugaru does also mention the native american folklore wendigo specifically which okay. i don't know should we talk about the wendigo sure why I, not um myths and legends podcast which is another one of my favorite podcasts mm-hmm. um he does an episode on the wendigo and it freaks him the crap out too yeah because it's a really scary story it's scary and he kind of talks about the wendigo as being invisible but yeah. he doesn't he doesn't actually get too much into it predator-esque yeah it's like it's a really scary scary predator yeah You've probably looked more into it than I have. Wendigo is just something that I encountered growing up because it it has filtered a little bit into some popular culture, like comic books and so forth. 
But the Wendigo is definitely one of those things I heard about when looking into like Michigan legends and Michigan lore. So it's it's not like something I grew up with, like a werewolf, but it is it was out there. I knew about it. I'd heard the name. Right. I knew it was a scary monster. I knew it lived in Michigan. <laughs> Part of like the collective Michigan consciousness. Yeah, uh, uh, you're not wrong. It's it's from First Nations Algonquin tribes. So like Nova Scotia, east coast of Canada, Great Lakes, um, eastern side of the of the U.S. So it's definitely a myth and legend that absolutely would be this far. It's essentially the worst malevolent spirits with characteristics of a human and other things that you have you could ever possibly dream of. It's fine with like murder, cannibalism. Think of a cultural taboo and <laughs> it's down with it. Yeah, it breaks all the cultural taboos. Yes. It's got a whole like modern day psychosis named after it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my friend wrote a really great book called Wendigo Psychosis. You should totally get it. <laughs> Just going to plug that. I didn't go too much into the wendigo or the uh skinwalker thing again super happy my windows are closed just because it doesn't yeah, it, it seems like a very tenuous connection yeah it's it's not a very strong connection at least in my head granted i have never actually encountered the dog man or you know either of these two other two creatures but it just seems that the Wendigo and the Skinwalker are so, so much rooted in malevolence and evil and everything like kind of wrong with that, that can go wrong with humanity. Um, and the dog man to me feels a lot more like a, a more natural creature with just instincts. Like it's going off of instinct. Yeah. This article, this website's kind of set up like Wikipedia basically. Um, okay. So that when I say article, that's what I mean. Okay. Um, they mo they don't really describe it. They just say these two creatures are defined to have same characteristics, and that's it. it doesn't define what they are. But <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> in order to oh, in order to become a Wendigo, popularly, you have to become a cannibal. That can turn you into a Wendigo. And a lot of Luguru beliefs are you don't become like a full Luguru until you eat human flesh. So they share that, but I would say that's a characteristic a lot of creatures share. Right. Again, it's like the basis base that a human could possibly go. I mean, that's even vampiric in a lot of ways because, yo, no vampires don't eat flesh, but they drink blood. They drink human blood. And that's kind of the same thing, really. Yeah, exactly. They drink instead of eat. Ooh, big deal. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They're still ingesting another of their own species. Like right. A human ingesting a human. And the Luguru myths are like, they have superhuman strength. They can easily break bones. They're super fast and agile. They can jump really far. So like a lot of the things that people do say about the dog man, yeah. they say about the Luguru. Absolutely. Yeah. Super strong, jumps really far. There's others. Super fast. Which are not things typically associated with Bigfoot. So I do find it interesting that people do often equate Bigfoot and the dog man when a lot of the characteristics being attributed to the dog man are really more of like a Luguru. I agree. And I think just, I, I think even just the face being significantly different, Bigfoot supposedly having way more of an ape-like face or human-like face, the dog man very clearly having some kind of canine face. Yeah, having a very animal face. Yeah, I think it separates, even without the other stuff, I think that separates them pretty yeah. thoroughly. Uh, then again, when something darts in front of your car when you're driving 75 down a dark highway, uh, who knows? <laughs> right. 
both of those creatures, Bigfoot and the Dogmen, have been known to race out in front of cars, which uh, makes me wonder why we don't have bodies of any of them yet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just more a joke than anything else. But still, I mean, I they would seriously really wreck funny. a car. But I mean, I've seen deer true. walk away from being hit by a car. Well, that's and they're true. much bigger than a deer. Yeah. So <laughs> they could easily lumber off confused. And I'm looking through this article about Luguru because it's, it's interesting. And I know um, Greg made, it made an instant connection with the Lugaroo. Yeah. When, when we were talking about Dogman. And I had to kind of look into it because, like I said, Lugaroo is not really a thing here, even right. though it more than certainly was at one time. I see no reason why our French Catholics would be the exception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> There's no way. We're, we're separated from, you know, the southern U.S., but not by that much. <laughs> <laughs> There's not and an Canada especially, us. like it's still alive in Canada as well. We are far more Canadian than we are Southern. <laughs> yes. Although I think some people that live here would some for, would for some reason disagree with that. Yeah, well, they invaded. <laughs> <laughs> and now they live along, along all of the roads to get to Traverse City. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, there, there's so many different beliefs with the Luguru of like how you become one like apparently at some point in the 16th century so this is still many centuries ago people in France started to believe that the Luguru was genetic it was okay. something you were born with but you didn't like something had to trigger your transformation or trigger the curse and then um you didn't become like a full Luguru until you ate up ate human flesh that was when the, the transformation process was complete when you ate human flesh and that's when they mentioned the Wendigo in this article. Speaking of human flesh, <laughs> but I'm, I don't think that the Wendigo had any influence on the Lugaru because they already had this idea in France of eating human flesh. Yeah. I think it's just a coincidence, basically. Yeah. It's, but also not because like every culture on this planet has a mythological creature that eats human flesh. Oh, absolutely. And like I said, it's like, it's the basis of the base. If you need, if there's some kind of evil that you can get to, it's like, uh, sorry for, uh, hopefully not trigger warning ahead, but it's like rape, rape of a family member, and then cannibalism. And those, that is the bottom of the bottom. That, that is kind of what humanity has defined as pure evil. I mean, even biologically, like eating human flesh is going to make you sick. Oh yeah. No, no animals should, as far as I know, I don't, I guess there's animals out there that could probably eat their own kind. Often there are. Be fine. Uh, humans cannot. Humans and cows, it turns out. Oh, yeah, makes sense. Cows cannot eat other cows because then we get mad cows. Where you get things like mad cow disease, and, which occurs in other species as well. Yeah. Yeah, very few species, I think, can actually eat their own species without very bad consequences. Right. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that the dog man is probably related to the Lugaroo. Yeah, it's I agree. It's its own thing. Like, um... Beast of Bray Road, Mothman. I mean, there are these specific creatures associated with specific areas. Dogman is unique to us. I, it could have gotten that name from the song, but it would not surprise me at all if this kind of creature was being sighted. Mm -hmm. Because we have Bigfoot sightings too in Michigan, correct? Oh, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, is it a Lugaru that was a person that was turned by eating human flesh? I don't know. That seems kind of mystical to me, but you know, that could have been a real creature and then the, some French people were sitting around thinking, well, how could that creature have come about? Oh, I know. And trying to figure out maybe how to get rid of it. You're also thinking about 
is there something that caused it that we can either reverse or prevent from happening again we're humans we want answers it's what we do yeah <laughs> um but yeah it's interesting that a wolf human hybrid is such is a it's certainly common in europe yes i don't know how common it is in other societies but it's very ancient europe all of these languages we have that that word where werewolf werewolfen i love it yeah i just i love getting into like these ancient beliefs and seeing how they manifest in today's society oh me too because on the surface you might be like dog man that's weird where does that come from it's like well actually there's a rich history around the world of <laughs> dog people <laughs> dog people <laughs> come sit by the fire and i will regale you of all of this history of dog people i mean that there's like you know ancient germanic that then turned into like guru and it's in dutch it's in yeah. english it's in all these different languages in europe yeah um so that's going way back way way back i wonder if there's a oh what's it called um the indo-european like if there's an indo-european word for this oh i don't know does it does it go back that far because it goes back pretty far i don't know get on it that's what that's your job that's what it's you true. do i already i commented on the 90 <laughs> the episode 99 of history of english language podcast about where werewolf and luguru being cognates and now i understand why <laughs> thanks to that episode so i wonder if he'll get back to me <laughs> i hope so start Maybe a whole I message him and just be like hey i have a thing i want you to research with me <laughs> <laughs> and then come on my podcast and tell us about the roots uh of the etymology of uh all of these weird weird words in myth and legend yeah i do know um one of the things he talks about i think pretty early in the podcast bear and wolf this came up recently in our our like friends discord chat that they they think that the word for bear just means like brown one yeah and it was a way that people would refer to this creature because they thought if you said its real name it would summon it and they think the same thing with wolf that's amazing actually i'm gonna try to look that up but yeah but i feel like that also ties into this werewolf legend yeah you're that you're that afraid of these creatures that you won't refer to them by their their names and oh my god now they're half human oh yeah <laughs> like it's it's an ancient belief it's so ancient that like we we have absolutely no recordings of it oh for sure and and just the idea that giving something a name makes it even more powerful it goes back centuries and centuries in in, in just human tradition so I would like to regale uh, this anecdote towards the end of our podcast here from Linda S. Godfrey, who writes um, a lot of a lot of paranormal ebooks and a lot of paranormal ebooks that have to do with Michigan. She wrote, she helped write Weird Michigan uh, from the Weird USA series. She wrote American Monsters, where this uh, anecdote comes from uh she's written a lot of stuff i don't even i can't even go into all of her uh great books but so godfrey herself had an encounter with what could have been the dog man in 2006 in the woods of northern michigan she a few others and a cameraman from the tv show monster quest who was researching and doing a show on the dog man saw a large creature cross the the dark road in front of them it remained just out of spotlight range but godfrey saw the spine of something with dark gray fur running upright they caught a glimpse again as it blocked out the light reflected off a road sign after measuring the road sign they determined the thing had to be at least seven feet tall to have blocked it completely mm. so not only was she out there doing a show and research on the michigan dog man right <laughs> she had an encounter with the michigan dog man <laughs> with the camera crew from said show interesting right 
self-fulfilling prophecy i don't know but i think that's just that's crazy you're out here making a show about it you know trudging through the woods and and talking about it out loud and all of a sudden there it is so maybe there is something to that name thing yeah absolutely <laughs> like i'm looking at the proto-indo-european word that they're pretty sure wolf came from uh-huh. um and they think it's was derived from the adjective meaning dangerous and there's a similar word in hittite so going back a bit <laughs> it meant something negative and in old irish it meant evil wolves were not highly thought of <laughs> no because they'll kill you and take all your shit and there's another, it could also be related to another word that was a verb that meant to tear up. And they're pretty sure that it's, yeah, they, they can t- compare it to bear, was a uh, reference to an animal subject to cultural taboos. All right. They didn't want to say its real name because it would summon it. And that's true of, of both bears and wolves, mm-hmm. which again, the dogman has been compared to both of these right. creatures. So interesting that humans have been afraid of these things for probably our entire history yeah and despite all of our technology despite all of our uh modern advances we are still terrified of these things deep down yay ending on terror (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know i'm really on the fence as to whether the dog man is out there or not because there's like i said there's like no there's zero history but there are hundreds of personal sightings like right. modern sightings not nothing like before 1987 that, yeah that we can really yeah do with clarity and certainty yeah i i suspect there probably were still sightings it was just it wasn't until uh maybe 1987 that people were able to give it this name i mean certainly that happens when i learn a new a new word or a new thing i'm like oh yeah that happens to me all the time whoa mm-hmm. I didn't know that was a thing until I learned the name for it, you know? And knowing that we we do French, at least, and that includes Michigan, has this rich history of wolf people. And the Dutch apparently also have a history of wolf people. I think but, Europe has a history of wolf people. Yeah, Europe in general. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's really interesting that, like, once we try, we didn't have to try very hard to find this history. Oh, right. All I had to do was, like, Google Dutch werewolf. And it was, oh, here's the Veerwolfen, like here's the whole wikipedia on it here's you know a dozen websites describing old old list uh myths about it yeah and all i did was i looked up luguru and i found the wiktionary entry for it which gives the entomology and then having recently heard that episode where he talks about how g's and w's were all mixed up mm-hmm. because of the franks that kind of prompted me to look even further right <laughs> and go even further back and to, and knowing that wolf was a word that people made up because they were afraid of summoning the creature um i you you literally see this fear of this creature dating back to the founding of our language yeah founding of language period that's incredible and then now in the 21st century we have the dog man <laughs> he's got even if if he's kind of a modern incarnation of that phenomenon, he's got a rich history. Absolutely. Dating back millennia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, in which case, if you're listening to this podcast and you have had an encounter with the dog man, please tell us about it. We want to hear those those kinds of stories. We love those kinds of stories. They kind of help. They definitely help substantiate things for me. I am all about the personal experience. You can send that to contacthauntedmitten at gmail.com. You can leave a comment on our website, 
uh you can find us on social medias you can find us on patreon i know i'm mentioning it for a second time but man we could use you shout out to Haley, our first patron yeah Haley, (laughs) you're awesome if you want to shout out like that join our patreon if you want to hear patrons get a special glow in the dark ghost pin you do it's like nice yeah it's not just like a pin but it's like if you wear a lanyard to work like i do (laughs) you can put it on your lanyard (laughs) i'm running out of room though i might have to i might have to remove something or an apron like i used to that's true put on your apron put on your apron your name tag it is really cute though like Like my husband has adorable Mm -hmm. and you get stories read to you by krista it's true and the interview with with my mom that was crashed by my cat you can hear purring. cat crashed an interview <laughs> which i'm really surprised and thank god we're almost done with this because i have not heard a peep from my animals and that's weird because <laughs> they're scared of the dog man they are it's good good with it we'll talk about <laughs> the dog not. man every week tully has um, very much tried to break into this room <laughs> i haven't heard her so that's pretty good yeah because she headbutts the door <laughs> right she, she did crash. call a little bit but for the most part she just oh, had there was a dog bark i cursed it i jinxed it See? it's because you you say the name and you summon it yeah you say her yeah trust me you say the dog's name and she will come running yeah <laughs> yeah i feel like any dog owner is gonna know that that's i mean that's oh, what yeah. we that's why we spell things out right because we don't want to yeah. summon it and we don't want to get the dogs excited you like, know how many words that i can no longer use all right okay you know? we get it we're good says you're talking about dogs she won't she's laying in the she's laying in bed she won't lift her head but she will bark (laughs) all right well with my dog barking in the background i'm surprised she didn't bark sooner since we kept using the word dog i know i'm surprised she didn't just come and stare at me she's like i know that word why keep talking about me uh check us out on the social media interact with us we're still stuck at home and now both of us are a tiny bit injured nothing for you guys to worry about but you know we, we yeah. would like interaction that would be great i'm, re- I'm recording is. with my foot propped up on my desk <laughs> uh same deal um anything we need anything else we need to promote um uh, fairy tales punked is out you can purchase that now on your own without the kickstarter yeah check out the book it's awesome especially if you're listening to a podcast like this i have a feeling you like myths and legends anyway uh other than that i don't know i'm good uh thanks for listening thanks for supporting And as always, happy haunting.